Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our September heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their family, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. September's theme is Fall, a wonderful time for a reset. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Michelle Welch. Michelle is a psychic medium, an award-winning author, an active lawyer practicing criminal and civil law, a jury selection consultant, Greek doula, business owner of three Soltopia stores in Dallas, Texas, and a mother of five children. She hosts the podcast So What on all listening platforms, YouTube, and hosts Tarot Takeaways, a Soltopia Instagram series. Michelle was born and raised in Longview, Texas, in a religious family of four, because of her spiritual childhood, she always had a relationship with angels, God, and other spiritual beings. She attended Baylor Law School to become a licensed attorney. Michelle has appeared on CBS News, Coast to Coast AM with George Nuri, Inside Edition, Good Morning Texas, and numerous radio and podcasts. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning, Michelle and I will be having a talk about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angel, guides, ghosts, and more. Good morning, Michelle. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, and happy Wednesday to you. How are you doing today? Happy Wednesday to you. I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you with me. Spirits Unveiled is an enlightening read. It is beautifully written, heart-centered and passion-driven book, a definite page-turner, and a remarkable guide and reference book. Congratulations on this release. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, it's my second book, and I, I appreciate you saying that. You know, some of us, I think, who just start writing, even though I wrote briefs and and you know petitions my whole life for for legal cases uh, to become a quote unquote author. I believe I, you know it's hard to get over that imposter syndrome. So I really <laughs> appreciate your your um, compliments on the book. Thank you. Wonderful. Let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your childhood to the present moment. Yes, yeah, so I, I love talking about that because my childhood I was very I think I was a very naive uh, child, but I think it was it protected me in a lot of ways. I remember mm-hmm. thinking that everyone is kind. I mean, I cannot tell you how long, Johnny, that I, I literally believe <laughs> everyone is kind. I also, thought, I also thought, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I'm not trying to get into that, but I literally thought mm-hmm. the world was like a, a, a ruler, and it started at my house in Longview, Texas, and I'd be like, now, where are we going? And I'd look <laughs> at my ruler, and I'd put, I'd put on my ruler like, Disney World or Grandmother's House usually is where it was in Corsicana, Texas. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so my, my life was uh, – it, it hasn't changed that much. I, I believe that I've just grown. I was in a very, as you said, a quote-unquote religious home. I went to church like three times a week, and that was something that my parents did. And I believe that really what's – the journey to now has just really been kind of redefining, not making fun of, not dismissing, not cutting down anyone else's beliefs, but just redefining what that means for me and as spirituality and maybe getting uh, working through some preconditioned beliefs that I had. Very, very interesting. In reading your book, it's beautifully written. You really walk through from a first-hand experience about yourself and everything else. So how did spirits make their first contact with you? 
I never remember. I remember my first contact, but I never mm-hmm. remember a time not having contacts with mm-hmm. spirits. I mean, ever. And that's not something to say just to say that I know more because I'm not saying I do. My mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. though, goes back to I, I believe the first time when they would make contact with me. It was in the confines of where I was with my parents, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the religious, for lack of a better word, setting. But it was very different because I would look up, and I remember one time, this is maybe not my first one, but it's kind of interesting. I looked up, it's in mm-hmm. the book, and they were all singing about, you know, part the Herald Angels, some Christmas carols, right. something like that. My dad mm-hmm. actually was uh, the would sing, and my mother played the organ. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, and, and of course we'd be singing, and I'd look, I'd, be like, well, there are the angels right there. And I'd point up, or to point up to some sort of being that I saw. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> we don't do that. We we talk about them, but we don't point at them in church. So they really contacted me uh, in my room most of the time. My very first contact was with what I call in the book the lady in the hall, the lady of mm-hmm. the hall. And I felt she was very uh, benevolent towards me, very much a guardian. And so then that, but in my in my room, it wasn't always so pleasant because I had no explanation of what was going on in my life. So they would contact me in various ways. I sensed them with my third eye, which I try to tell people is just as important as seeing with your physical eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just as important. There's, you don't have to see with physical eyes. And then I would see with physical eyes. I'd sense them. I, I had clear audience. And, and I really, it was always crowded. I've always told pe- people, it's crowded up in here. This place is, you know, we're crowded on earth. <laughs> so, uh, that's, so that's how they really did get a hold of me, was just in a lot of different ways that I assumed were normal for everyone else. Right. So you practically, from the moment you were able to kind of sense the physical presence of your parents, your siblings, and so forth, and yet you have the other presence, so to speak. So they're part of the family or the group, so to speak. So there was never a period of time where, like, all of a sudden, at five, six years old, ta-da, <laughs> a well, genie you know, the, uh, appeared correct. and stuff like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of one. Uh, I was running yeah. in from recess one time, and I believe I was third or fourth grade, and it was hot. Mm-hmm. And you know, Longview, Texas, can get pretty daggum hot even when you're in school, like right now, because in school, are, mm-hmm. you know, it's hot out at recess, is what we called it. And out at recess, and I was running in, and I did hit my head on a rather large rock. I hit it, mm-hmm. but then they didn't know that. Pretty much, if you get a head injury as a child, you need to go get an MRI. Uh, right. Like a, with something really strong like that. And I do believe that potentially, potentially, mm-hmm. uh, things became a little stronger at that point. But I, I know that I had the the connection before also. Mm-hmm. So there was a little mm-hmm. increase and a little bit of an aha moment, but still no one to really walk me through what I was getting. A funny story is my pediatrician prescribed vitamin C. I had to drink a lot of freaking orange mm-hmm. juice. That's my work. That, that, <laughs> that orange juice that now I will not. I mean, if somebody hands me a vitamin C, you know, during cold mm-hmm. season or something, I'll be like, mm-mm, you can give me zinc, but I'm not taking that vitamin C. Because <laughs> he thought that was the answer to me um, seeing things. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because my experience of the supernatural, so to speak, in a way, it's based on my aunt. She was actually a medium back in Malaysia. Yes. I left Malaysia four months after my 18th birthday and really didn't get back there till 15 years later. So not much uh-huh. of a memory, so to speak. But having said that, so it was quite interesting. So I was somewhat familiar with that where spirits would come into her and people would go see her for medicinal purposes and those right. kind of things. And, of course, you talk about it in your book in terms of the laws of duality and so forth, the good and bad and everything like that. Right. Having said that, so that was my only experience from that standpoint of view, but I could certainly understand where it's sort of weird because we are able to tap into that unseen, like you say, group of people. And so when did that relationship begin to grow and refine themselves, so to speak? I think the easiest answer to that is mm-hmm. when I was ready. And and mm-hmm. by that I mean I was ready to 
question and grow. I was becoming more open, and I wasn't getting the answers, and I started to realize that just because you question someone doesn't mean you don't love them and doesn't right. mean that you are throwing away everything that you were taught. It just means that you're you know, evolving as a human and you're growing and you're learning. Right. And so when I was ready, that's when, and I did actually have an aunt also. It just wasn't talked about. I have found out since mm-hmm. uh, from one of my cousins, I have found out that when she had all, that the aunt had all her beautiful uh, herbs, Mm-hmm. And in her, what do you call that? Uh, not the sunroof, but uh, the green, the greenhouse. The greenhouse. Um, yeah. The greenhouse. Yeah. Uh, she, I always forget that word, but she. Kind of, now I know why maybe she wasn't talked about a whole lot in the family mm-hmm. I was in. So it's interesting you had that too, because I, but I didn't get as much guidance from that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's when I when I started to open up to it. I believe, and then I had another time that I opened up to it. As as an adult, I mean, probably about uh, 15 years ago, and I just mm-hmm. had a phrase that I just woke up, and I just saw things in a different way uh, around mm-hmm. me. I just, it it happened almost overnight, but there were some personal things that led up to it. I, I had a pretty, you know, life where I would do a little bit of self-sabotage because I really didn't know, you know, up to that point, I really didn't know how to truly love myself, and that's what I want to help mm-hmm. others with because I didn't really know what I was dealing with all the time because mm-hmm. I wasn't told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. So why law school? <laughs> so why law school? So guess what? The exclusive here, Johnny, on your show, because I always give these really great, you know, answers, and, and, and it is true that, you know, yeah, so – was interested in in helping the world and all that, but really what it was, I was in I think like fifth or sixth grade, and I mm-hmm. I love to read, and I mm-hmm. read a lot, and maybe it was my escape, and I and I loved to play tennis, but so it was kind of two different things, but I loved to read, so I went to the library at Little Longview High School, and mm-hmm. um, no, it wasn't high school, it was junior high. And I found, you know, you, I don't know if they still put plastic covers on the books, but at the library, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think they do on a lot of them. And it was big. It was like, I don't know. I mean, you know, to me, <laughs> na- to, to me then it seemed big. It was maybe only an inch thick, you know. But to me it seemed like four <laughs> to five inches thick, you know. And it said mm-hmm. something about judge and law. And I looked at it and I thought, well, this is the book, biggest book I can find in the library. I'm getting it because I'm sick of having to return all my books. So I am going to read this book. And then I carried it around my, with, with what I thought looked like a little briefcase, which I'm sure is hilarious. It probably looked like a little plastic suitcase or something. And I'd carried around in fifth grade, what what a bizarre child, right? But I mean, and then I'd go do my tennis or whatever. But I that is how I decided I wanted to go to law school in fifth or sixth grade when I got this book. And I read it. I did read it, and it it fascinated me. I was, I mean, I do believe it was probably divine intervention that I was led to that that big book. But the real reason is, is that's why, because it was the biggest book, and I didn't have to go back in the library and they're like, oh, you're here for the hundredth time or whatever to check out more books. And I was like, yeah, I got a big book this time. So that's how. <laughs> very very interesting. Very very interesting. Looking back right now. You did mention something a little bit about your aunt. Apparently, wasn't talked about quite a bit, but who obviously had some spiritual experience herself and a little bit more, for lack of a better term, you may be progressive, whatever you would like to say, words-wise. And, of course, knowing Longview, Texas, is fairly conservative and so forth. And, of course, in her generation, that's like, oh, my God, she's off in some left right. field somewhere. So how about law itself? You have this certain passion that also and you embrace it. Was there anyone else in your family that was sort of tapped into the realm of law? I didn't have any immediate family members that were lawyers, but mm-hmm. my my dad was an engineer, my mother's a piano teacher, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, loved music, And but they had a lot of friends. My dad was with, uh, I can say it, East, uh, Texas Eastman, it's Eastman Kodak, Kodak, mm-hmm. if you remember mm-hmm. the Kodak film, and he was more yeah. on the... Um, 
the chemical side of that in Longview. Right. So they had they knew a lot of people, and uh, there was a federal judge that they introduced me to, and another lawyer locally. They mm-hmm. probably were very instrumental in changing the course of my life. They they said, you know, yes, you're a great tennis player. I was maybe going to go play off it at uh, the University of Texas, and they're like, yeah. you're great at this, but you also love school. I mean, I love I love to learn. Right. And, right. I'm, I, you know, and of course, I started with uh, the DAs. I started with the Court of Appeals, and then started went for like just a year internship, then went to uh, the DA's office in Dallas County and uh, prosecuted cases, and then I did criminal defense, and then the, the rest of my career has pretty much been with my ex-husband, we had three law firms, and we're they're still extremely successful. And for me, then I got into a whole lot. I was on a lot of boards here in Dallas and got into mm-hmm. a whole lot of pro bono work. So it's mm-hmm. been, yes, I did have some guidance from some people who really saw law as, even though they thrived in it and they, and they were very successful, they saw law as a way to help society and contribute to society, which I do think is important. Right. So... That's very, very interesting because that came from, at a very young age, it was a natural flow for you, and you saw an outlet that you could deliver that, basically, mainstream, very, very interestingly, from that perspective. In your spiritual journey, when did you finally accept the coveted answer to who am I, why am I here, and what's my purpose? That's a big one, right? I mean, so have I really totally accepted it? I believe I'm still evolving. I hope I am, and I hope I'm open to learning from people like you and learning from everyone that uh, is brought across my path. But I would say that it was what I referred to about 15, 20 years ago when things just started to – just the happenings in my life were leading me more – to you know, what am I? And I I do ask those big philosophical mm-hmm. questions. I I want to know. I mean, what is the purpose? Why are we here? And I, of course, for me, well, maybe not of course, but for me, I do believe that there's a big divine purpose. But I also believe it's minute by minute, second by second. Those add mm-hmm. up to our purpose. It sounds corny, but it's really true because people, a lot of my clients come in and they want to know what's my purpose, why am I here? And I'm like, mm-hmm. have you brought a smile to somebody's face today? Uh, that's purpose. And mm-hmm. have you made somebody's life better because you crossed their path, or maybe even did enable enable them today? And mm-hmm. uh, so I I do believe that the answer to the question is probably I finally opened uh, opened the door to it more again. Not that I had ever closed it, because you hear of everybody closing it, like right. they lose it from a young child and they can't remember. That was never me. It was just how I defined it and what what mm-hmm. I was going – and I won't put it back in a box, but I was about said what box I'm going to put it in. But to get it out of the box and to break the box and re- realize that who am I, why am I here, what is my purpose? I mean, for me, I do believe there's some sort of servant leadership. Is to I do believe I have a responsibility to – carry myself with decorum and grace and dignity and, and love those are, that are put in my path. Am I, am I perfect at that? Oh, absolutely not. Still working <laughs> on it. But mm-hmm. that's that's when. And, and, and I do think I'm still working on that. Interesting. Very, very interesting. What were some of your ups and downs in mm-hmm. your spiritual journey? Oh, man. You know, so, of course, <laughs> from what I've told you, you know, with uh, I also want to bring in, you know, my first book, The Magic of Connection, was a lot about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Impasse, but I took it beyond, which is what I do. I'm not. I don't want to call myself a contrarian, but because I do read a lot, I question a lot. Just like you said, you know, who who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And I don't just immediately accept what everyone else seems to have said. I mean, there, yes, there's some collective consciousness, right? That maybe mm-hmm. those are the right answers. But at the same time, I want to go. But wait a second, you know. And I want my readers and my clients to do that too. But that didn't mean they have to agree with me by any. By any right. you know means, but how do you know um, the the highs and the lows were because I was an empath. I literally would spend my life being like, uh, and I again I I, I talk about this in the first book, which uh, but mm-hmm. I really wanted people to know that you know as an empath 
not everything is about me. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is because it's my life, but just because I walk in a room and somebody gives me doesn't smile at me may mean that they have a headache that day or maybe they just lost a close friend. Or And so I really had to, some of my spiritual lows were when I was 30, and I, I do refer to it at the beginning in my gratitude, uh, I, I did tend to be a rather self, have some self-sabotage moments because I really didn't know who I was or why I was here because I wasn't So I I did, you know, seek some help. And the interesting thing is there's not really anybody to, there wasn't any, I didn't think, anybody to to talk to, you know, to do that psychologist or anything like that that would understand and you could say to them, well, I see things. Okay, well, that's not probably the best thing to tell (laughs) your psychologist. But I actually had one who said, Mm. you are different i'm like yeah tell me something i don't know but you know but you know we let's work on this and then i have found since then i am always posting you know at my store and, yeah. and when i meet somebody you know you're open to this but the spiritual spiritual lows were really uh that i will say when i was 30 and i just mm-hmm. went off the rails i didn't know who i was i didn't know what my purpose was i was very depressed i wasn't mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. uh probably some high i will it sounds a little corny but it's the truth i really thought about your question you know really thought just a second mm-hmm. ago when you said like what are your highs i'm thinking you know it's when i see that i've given hope to someone else or i have left them better than i found them or when i you know or they found me and right. that i have given them hope and encouragement that is is definitely the high for me if a book if my book does it if just one thing I say does it, then that's my spiritual high. My spiritual highs are not going out to a haunted area and seeing a ghost. That is Mm -hmm. not my spiritual Mm -hmm. high. I expect those sorts of things. My spiritual high is can I speak to even to uh, a, a being in another form and bring them some compassion and love and show that to them. So that would be my spiritual high. Right. That's interesting, though, because the way I look at it is that there are two separate but equal forces that govern all our decision makings and thought process, whether it's professional or personal. It's love or fear. And so when you look through the lens of love and that spiritual high, it's about the other person. And that's where one goes through even to the extent of self-sacrifice for contributing to someone else's happiness and so forth. And then, of course, when you look through the lens of fear, then it's all about mm-hmm. you. Why am it I really this? Is. Why am I? Yes. And so mm-hmm. that's fascinating and that's very, very, very interesting. I'm just being facetious here. So with your ability and so forth, as you go to court and just say, Your Honor, let's save some taxpayers' money right here. He's guilty. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I have about one uh, case in the book where I was, I got permission. I'm very confidential about, as you might know, sure, sure, sure. Uh, the investigators won't call you back if uh, right, you know, you're right, calling right. and all the time going, oh, it's a shallow <laughs> grave on the side of the road. That's what everybody says, just FYI. It may be a shallow grave on the side of the road, but that's what every medium that calls in unsolicited tells them. But I did ask about the one story I told in the book. I asked permission and from mm-hmm. those involved. And I will. The funny thing is, I had one inter- person interview me one time and say uh, it was a sportscaster on a radio show. Okay, nothing. Yeah. He was not thinking he'd be big as well. Isn't that cheating? Because I'd use it a lot to juries, and he's like, "You're mm-hmm. cheating when you use mm-hmm. this." And I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm not cheating. I'm just using all the tools that are given to me by divine or source or whatever you want." Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but well, it is I, funny. I, I agree with you. And you know what's also funny, Johnny, is during yeah. Mercury retrograde. That's when uh-huh. it really cracks me up because people are like, "Don't do anything legal during Mercury retrograde." And I was like, "Oh, let me try to get a motion for continuance from a judge and say, well, it's Mercury retrograde, so you're going to have to postpone my case.' You know, and they would that probably would not be a good idea." <laughs> So I, I do. Yeah, and the judge I do. can be like uh, Miss Welch. <laughs> how about Saturn then? You know, yeah. How about Saturn? You know, and uh, we talk about it's, Jupiter here. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Like, talk about the I'm rules here. Yeah. So uh, it's, 
funny though uh, because I, I always I literally crack up every time I see that. And I understand what they're saying, but it makes me laugh. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. why don't y'all ask a lawyer about that before you start telling everybody not to do <laughs> any legal transactions, Sharon? <laughs> yeah. I understand. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. How did Soulopia and the books come about? Okay, so the Soulopia came about because I was, and without getting into, uh, I did have permission to talk about my ex-husband and my books and things, um, as mm-hmm. long as it was me saying what I did wrong. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of anger and light all these candles, and that wasn't a good idea. Michelle never touched a candle for a year, and I didn't, by the way, for a year. I didn't touch a candle. And um, so, uh, but it started because I really started just saying what, you know, I've got to, going back to your questions, who am I? What's my purpose? What is it? And the I love crystals, and so, and I love beads, and I love jewelry, accessories. So, But I never would wear bracelets. Um, I'll make this short, but I never would wear bracelets because I couldn't mm-hmm. get the little thingy done, you know, the little hook done. Right, so right. I started making sh- stretch bracelets, which a lot of people make, but ours, I channeled them and I, because I knew the crystals, I knew the properties, I knew what I wanted them to be for. And it was amazing how even something I thought, okay, this is going to be really ugly because, yeah, it should be this crystal for its properties and this one. But these are not going to go together. But I did it anyway. And so that was how kind of Soltopia started. And then we've been playing catch up ever since because it just took off. And so we have three of them now and, and online and we own two conventions. And um, so one that we've already had and one that's in – like a week in Portland. And so that's how uh, Soultopia took off. I believe the books, uh, to, you know, came about because I of all the reading I do, and I thought, let me say how I see things, because let me throw this out there, because it's not how what I'm reading in a lot of books. I even taught some things that I don't teach now. Uh, just, but that doesn't mean everybody has to agree with me. Once again, it's just throwing mm-hmm. another, because there might be somebody who goes, yeah, you know, that's exactly what happened to me. But all the books mm-hmm. say it has to go like this. All the other books. So that's how the books came about. Is I thought I had something, you know, I wanted to say, well, this has been my experience. Yeah. Very interesting. Very very interesting. By the way, Thank you're you. listening to from my mama's kitchen talk radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our hot-centered and fashion-driven Inspiration for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. September's theme is Fall, a wonderful time for a reset. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of your family. My guest for this morning is Michelle Welch. Michelle is a psychic medium, an award-winning author, an active lawyer practicing criminal and civil law, a jury selection consultant, grief doula, business owner of three Sultopia stores in Dallas, Texas, and a mother of five children. She hosts the podcast So What on all listening platforms, YouTube, and hosts Tarot Takeaways, a Soultopia Instagram series. Michelle was born and raised in Longview, Texas, in a religious family of four. Because of her spiritual childhood, she always had a relationship with angels, gods, and other spiritual beings. She attended Baylor Law School to become a licensed attorney. Our kitchen table conversation this morning is about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more. Michelle, why did you write Spirits Unveiled? So Spirits Unveiled came about for really kind of a twofold. One, I see spirits everywhere. Like I said, it's crowded. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it's kind of like, Spirits amongst us, kind of what was was kind of the the impetus, the catalyst, you know, the, the idea mm-hmm. behind it. And it's not meant to be a treaty, an encyclopedia of every single being there is, because I don't know that anyone could maybe do that. Um, you know, maybe we don't know all the beings that there are. I mean, goodness, there are almost there's over four thousand minerals. 
uh, <laughs> you know, on our earth just if when you're learning crystals, you know. Don't start mm-hmm. with the A's mm-hmm. and think you're going to make it through the Z's because it's, it's hard, you know. It's the same with spirits. So I just thought I'm going to talk about spirits everywhere, the shapes, the sizes, how they come in different forms to different people, give my perspective, and I can assure you that has, you know, it's, just not been my experience it's been others that have come to me since and said well thank you for the part where you kind of demystified or deep i don't want to say really debunked i can't remember the word i used but we went round and round mm-hmm. with what we're because we don't want to cut down anyone else's experiences but maybe right. the experiences were a little bit different so that's where how the and the other the two the twofold part is it's spirits unveiled to me because i've never seen what i what i have heard and always defined as the veil i've there's just not actually it's not that i haven't seen the veil it's just that i've seen through it so much if there is one that i'm not even aware of one okay so when i'd hear this veil thing not to cut down my my friends anyone who has that i have a lot of disclaimers because i'm a lawyer but not to ever just cut you know to cut down the people who do have those wonderful celebrations that the veil is thinner at this time of year or something like that i just never there was nothing except for frequencies separating me and other beings and and i know that other people can contact and get in touch with other beings if they want to uh just like i do uh but for me so that was a twofold kind of reason when i wrote why the I wrote the book and i wanted to give kind of my opinion my experience really not my opinion my experience to see and it actually has helped some people that maybe their experience wasn't the same that's been because some of the books do, you know, repeat themselves about, right. and they do. But they do because that's probably the collective experience, right? But mm-hmm. then there's others of us who maybe see things the way we are ready to see them, and maybe we're not ready to see them in a different way yet. And then we evolve in some fashion or, or shift, and we're ready to see a spirit in a different way. So that's why. Right, right. Very interesting. I enjoyed your book very much, and it is an easy read. It walks you through the concept of if you're interested in finding out, let curiosity lead the way. That's the best yes. way for me to put it. And I then love that, that way, you. the concept is basically this book will guide you to understanding, and ultimately you make the decision yourself because in the end, the connection, any connection, to be honest with you, whether it's a physical connection with one person with the other person from a handshake and whatnot, it's personal. So yeah. when you talk about engaging your spirit guides and a spiritual experience, so to speak, it's personal. Your book gave them the guidelines to check it out. It is a do-it-yourself, but it's more as a reference and a guidebook to let you know these are the things you're experiencing and why you're experiencing. Check it out, and you have a little checklist here. <laughs> Right. To make sure it's well, right. That, yeah, so, mm-hmm. That's really wonderful. Is there a specific reason for the number 11 being prevalent in your book? It's interesting because before I wrote the book, I wouldn't have done that because a lot of mm-hmm. people will, you know, I, I love numerology, but a lot of mm-hmm. people will write, oh, you know, the, the, this is what an angel number means. And they all start mm-hmm. to sound exactly the same to me. I'm like, okay, well, wait a second because it all, but the number 11 is a master number. It mm-hmm. is, uh, and I, but the reason is because number one, because I like things kind of order to keep. I like to keep myself <laughs> orderly. But the more, the more spiritual reason is because mm-hmm. uh, with one of my guides, that's Raziel, that I, an archangel that I work with, mm-hmm. uh, I am horrible at math, so it's sort of a joke of, of them <laughs> <laughs> to, to say you're going to do like eleven, and you know, and it, when I start doing some of my healers healings, excuse me, stellar gateways, what I mm-hmm. call them, with uh, numbers and sacred geometry, I'd be the last person ever that would be chosen to do anything with numerology or sacred geometry or things like that because I'm a word person, not a number person, and so yeah. it was to say it was to get me out of myself and to get me into my channel of what I was supposed to say in the book. Mm. I Interesting. Is, yeah. Plus, 11 is <laughs> just a great number. It is just a great. Well, it um, is a master, know, master number. It's master number. So yeah. A master teacher. So I'm just wondering exactly. why that's a, a prevalent number in your book is very, very interesting. Well, the, and 
Yeah, that is, and that is why. And, and it's an indication as a master number that spirits are around mm-hmm. us. When you look up part of the meaning of master number of 11, that's part mm-hmm. of it. It's one of the most mm-hmm. common signs to indicate the presence of a being. And my book mm-hmm. was about that. How do you get in touch with them? Well, if you're paying attention to those numbers and the synchronicities, that's a way to do that. Right, right. Well, your books certainly bring up that sense of awareness because one of the things that we don't realize sometimes, and we talk about noise, your book talks about music and sounds and so mm-hmm. forth, but from a layman's perspective, I always tell people sometimes when we talk about being quiet, just taking a moment in mm-hmm. retrospect in terms of what you try and explain in terms of meditation because quietness does not mean that all of a sudden you got to be in a isolation and all that kind of stuff, but it's just a sense of just the quietness and what I'm alluding here is that the answers are all around you. Yes, I agree. It's beautiful. Yes. The beauty and everything that you're looking for, it's there if you're just quiet and just pay attention, I guess. You that calm would be the yourself best down and just, yes, and just, yeah. you know, a lot of people ask to see spirits. So, like, mm-hmm. why well, don't I have a spirit guide? And I don't mean this rude, but it's what yeah. you just said. Maybe you haven't taken the time to just quiet down and not even just in a class that you go to, but when you're mm-hmm. walking your dog or, you know, you're out walking on the street and you're getting a little exercise and you just look at nature and all of a sudden there's three birds. Every time you walk by, there's the three <laughs> birds, you know, kind of chattering right. at you. And that's, right. yes. Interestingly enough, in your profession, being a jury consultant and also an attorney mm-hmm. by profession, Mm-hmm. What is interesting is that they may or may not necessarily emphasize that, but in all actuality, Michelle, you are listening to learn rather than listening in anticipation to reply. Mm-hmm. Because when you're Thank listening you. in anticipation to reply, you kind of, ah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, Just finish it so that I can say my thing. But when you're listening to learn, you have no opinion, and you kind of let that mm-hmm. person rattle <laughs> <laughs> and everything else. Yeah, and, then and it's you have that. a beautiful thing. You actually yeah. learn. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I so yeah, agree yeah. with mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. I have so much to learn. When I stop learning, I'm like, wait, wait a second. I'm not paying attention to those who have been put in my life to teach me something, whether they're human beings or they're another kind of being. Yeah, and then in this case, I guess from a lawyering standpoint of view, like they say, sometimes they'll talk themselves into guilty, <laughs> guiltiness. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and you know, the best lawyers are the ones who listen. Because there you go. You'll, That's you'll what I'm talking people. about. Exactly. Yeah. You'll see them trying a case, and uh, my daughter's in law school right now, and she—I have uh-huh. to brag. I mean, she is she is way beyond me in knowing how to try cases. I mean, she's been mm-hmm. doing mock trials mm-hmm. since she was thirteen. I was her coach, so hey, that's why she's good. <laughs> I'm kidding, but she's incredible, and she's about yeah. to graduate this year. And she is she listens, so, so she she'll have a next question. But man, if they say something, she's jumping mm-hmm. on it, which is, is exactly what you're talking about your listening to right to right you know and to what they say precisely because if you listen in anticipation to reply you already got something in your mind but if you listen to learn you're constantly formulating and you're looking for the answers are in that person not in you mm, yeah yeah <laughs> that's exactly. the beauty of it it's that's so the true. beauty of it i love how you tied that together <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us the difference between spirit guides, angels, archangels, and ascended masters? So I'm gonna uh, 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 when you right when you start to say that, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna do this fast, and I don't mean this rude, but you know, like, get my book. No, no, um, go ahead. but yeah, no, 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 I'm I'm not you, but I mean the people listening. Thank you so much for asking it, because there is a difference. So uh, spirit guides. I think of them. They guide. I mean, the the answer is inherent in the name. They're of spirit, some sort, they're they're here to guide you, but they're not going to boss you. So I do all the things. There's a lot of, they're not there to control you. They are guiding you almost like in a bowling alley. They're like bumper pads, guiding mm-hmm. you to your higher self, to source, whatever that is to you, to the all, you know, and the, the all that we're already part of. And then, but they can be kind of like an umbrella group because then there's angels that might be, I believe, can be spirit guides. And I, I give a, a 
a lot I won't get into them all, but things like spirit sure. guides yeah. can. Mm-hmm. I believe spirit guides can, believe it or not, still be on Earth. And I know I just I know a lot of people don't agree with that. They may be somebody on Earth, what you were just talking about, who's brought in your life to teach you something. But angels, you know, they're the helpers, and their energy tends to be tends to be loving. That's not, I mean, they can be fierce, you know, and uh, how we see them may evolve. The cool thing is that the major, what I mean by that is the demographic groups that are the largest for mm-hmm. religions, one thing they can agree on is that they believe in, uh, most of them, we'll talk about archangels, they just may believe that they served a different purpose, like Gabriel, uh, you know, spoke to Mary, spoke to Elizabeth um, in the Christian version, but then, you know, also brought the Quran to Muhammad. So, mm-hmm. But yet they still all believe in in, in, in angels, so archangels are the ones that, um, which would be Gabriel's one of them, the leaders of the angels. They they represent the characteristics of God. So El means of God, um, and it's so you know all the whatever they are, the righteousness of God, like Michael. Uh, they those are the characteristics of Source, so to speak, mm-hmm. and. Um, Two of them, Metatron, that I know of, there's probably more, Metatron and, and Sandalphon don't end in EL because they they walk as people, humans, uh, first. Mm-hmm. And then the Ascended Masters, um, they're on Earth. You know, we're trying to finish uh, or go through our incarnations, potentially, or go through different. And they're, they're chosen to come to us to be kind of specialty guides, like... I don't believe ascending means rising and mastering means a skill over something. I don't think they have to. This is where I'm different than some. I don't. This is new to me. So, but it was revealed to me. I don't know that they've always all, all ascended out of this earth plane. I'm not sure about that. Which is, I know most people might question, but just try it on for you know food for thought. But most of them, you know, have ascended and, and are out if they've reached perfection of some sort. But for me, there also can be ascended masters, like if you are an animator and you're making cartoons or whatever, like Walt Disney, he might not be spiritual, I don't know, a, a spiritual perfection, but he achieved mm-hmm. a certain level of Tesla or, or someone like that. So the Ascended Masters are here to, to help us something, uh, you know, and some of the generally accepted things, like they're formerly humans, and I'm talking about all of them. I'm not sure that I on mm-hmm. Ascended Masters that I agree with that. Um, they incarnate only to assist you. I'm not I'm not sure. You know, those are things that I discuss right. in the book and just say, hey, just, you know, just think about these. Just try them on for size, and if you don't agree, that's fine. But that's very, very a interesting. really fast rundown of what those <laughs> those guys sure, are. Sure, sure. Yeah, very, very interesting. Well, your book covers it in detail, and I'm just trying to give a snippet here for our yeah. listeners to understand that there are different degrees and different connections that one can make. And even in ancestry spirits, why are they important in our life? That kind of I, thing. I think, and, and quickly if I may, I think that's yeah. because we are so very closely, uh, mm-hmm. we are walking on the bones of our ancestors when we work on earth. Uh, mm-hmm. I had never really thought of that because until I studied to become a death doula and mm-hmm. I, uh, I, that we're walking, we're drinking, you know, with a recycling of water, uh, as long as we don't throw our plastic bottles away uh, with full of water we are we are recycling yeah. water that are and so I, I, I do believe because you know it just seems um it also is easy to start with because it mm-hmm. might be something people could open up to a little more it also can be very comforting if that's if that's an ancestor because mm-hmm. they're not all nice uh you know that we or at least in our lives they weren't necessarily mm-hmm. they're comforting and i think sometimes they are a little bit easier to connect with so i think it's very mm-hmm. important to start with that Andrew, and to know who you are and to know how you know in, in the grief dealer class we learned you know how did they grieve do we grieve and have our celebrate um the transition the way that our ancestors did so it's very interesting to look at that um, ancestry very true very interesting why are these spirits reaching out to us or perhaps are we unintentionally reaching out to them great point i think we could be unintentionally reaching out to them the reason i think they reach out to us is because of what i just said they are Mm -hmm. uh, 
their purpose at some point. They've agreed, however we want to put this, to, um, and I do think they have more free will than we give them credit for, a lot of them, angels included. But we, uh, they've agreed to help us, and for some reason they want to, ancestors also. So they reach out to us, um, you know, for that reason. And, but could it be that we're reaching out to them? Absolutely. I think that's an incredibly good point. We could be. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Are there spirits around me and you right now? And if so, who and why? And is there a message that you or I need to hear? So, you know, here's, as you ask that question, what I get is, oh, yes, there are spirits around us. <laughs> Always. Because for me, I'm I'm very crowded, you know. I mean, and I'm not saying they all bother me, but and I've learned yeah. their boundaries. But, yes, there are always spirits around. Always. They don't have to be in dark, creepy places. They don't have to be in old places. And I'm not just talking about ghosts. I'm talking about any kind of spirit beings, that, that right. the, the gambit that the book talks about. But you know that what I get around us is I get an animal. And, uh, you know, animals can be mm-hmm. guides to us, but they can they can also, you know, be spirit beings. They can be in spirit. This is more feels like a guide to us. And the mm-hmm. one that I'm getting is an elephant. And I was, I'm just sitting here asking my, myself why. And I think <laughs> that it's um, the questions that you've asked are so incredibly grounded. And uh, I think of the elephant as, you know, that you asked the question about ancestors. And it ties so mm-hmm. many things together of of. But it's it's elephant, and I don't know if it's Ganesha that, that I'm receiving. May mm-hmm. you know I'm not sure. It just seems like the animal elephant, and I think that both of us maybe should look into that later because <laughs> that's what's coming to mind now that you asked. <laughs> very very interesting. That's wonderful. Yeah. How is the best way for us to collaborate with spirit? The best way for us to collaborate. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's different ways, but I think it's really important for us to be to be willing to be present with them, uh, to learn about them. You know, we want we want everybody to learn about us, right? You asked mm-hmm. great questions to say, who's Michelle? But the the spirits want the same thing, and so I'm not saying that you have to go get that you know six inch book that I got from the library about being a lawyer <laughs> to to do that. But, uh, you know, maybe ask some questions. And I really believe, and you say collaborate, right? Uh, yes. So, okay, so to collaborate, I believe it's once you know that spirit, uh, something about them. The way to collaborate is to, to first of all, ask, and mm-hmm. then to honor their their not heritage but the way they are so for mm-hmm. instance let's say we collaborated with a uh with a an elemental of some sort mm-hmm. we might want to learn that you know their moral compass is not exactly the same as ours so first mm-hmm. of all do you want to collaborate with that particular being uh mm-hmm. yeah their moral compass their social mores their ethics which are all different words but Right. You know, it's in the book. But uh, but I, I think the best way to collaborate is to figure out, number one, who are you working with? Do you want to work with them? And then you collaborate by being fair to they should know who you are and you mm-hmm. should know what that being is, is like. So there's, there's different ways in that sense, but I think we have to start there mm-hmm. to learn because, you know, if we're going to collaborate – with let's use Fay as an example, uh, if we're going to collaborate with them, we might want to know that we might want to say, okay, please don't be like playing little tricks on me the whole time because <laughs> you know you've taken my necklace and, and moved it around plenty of times. I wish you wouldn't do that anymore. Right, <laughs> you know, right, but, and right, collaborate right. and say, and they may think, and you're collaborating to say we're going to help uh, something you know in our in in my uh, my garden grow, and mm-hmm. they of course would love to do that. So. To collaborate with them, I would also need to know that I need to honor them by giving little, them little shiny things. And and you know, and and it, in a, the West that may sound funny, but in like Scotland, you know, and all those places, it's it's every day. I mean, they built a they spent a million dollars to go over a million dollars to go around a hawthorn bush because they didn't mm-hmm. want to tear it down. No one, not any contractor, would tear that bush down. Because mm-hmm. they believed, and so they were, 
that's honoring them, but it's also collaborating because I think then then we when we honor somebody's beliefs, they're going to be more willing to work with us and we're going to have a better relationship just like we would in any job. Right, we right. We show respect. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, the common desire to contribute to, like you say, whether it's humanity or whatever it is, you have to have a common goal. As you mm-hmm. assemble your physical team on earth, you're assembling your spiritual light team. I agree with that. Yes, exactly. And yes, it's a very good point. What is the best way for us to protect ourselves from negative energy? I know we didn't get much to talk about frequencies and energy, the law of duality, good, bad, mm-hmm. so to speak, but it's out there. And my experience, like say, from what I can understand from the spirits, you have both sides of the equation. And I agree with that, and, and that's what I think. So the best ways to protect ourselves... Uh, Again, going back to that moral compass, just first of all, realize that our moral compass is different than different types of being. Therefore, negative may be relative to them. What we think of as negative that we need to be protected from, they may not realize that. So what to do to protect it? The very first thing I would do is every single day an energy scan. It, it can take five minutes once you're used to it. Mind, body, spirit, emotions. Uh, what are what? How do I feel like? What do I feel like today? Is this mine, or does this belong to somebody else's? And then we can do visualizations, affirmations. Those are things that you don't even have to spend any money to do that. Uh, you know, your verbal energy, the way you yourself talk. But then, of course, you can surround yourself with bubbles. You can. I love crystals, so I can use different crystals to. You know, if I'm going to be put under for any sort of anesthesia, even at the dentist, I will take in like a black tourmaline or a shungite just to protect me because I might not be totally in my right. You know, knowing what might be coming mm-hmm. into my energy energetic field. So those are some of the ways. Very, very interesting. For me personally, it would be whenever I sense like the old thing that people say, it makes your hair rise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, uh-oh, uh-huh. the situation exactly. needs to change. Because if you're in that comfort zone, that quiet bubble of confidence, mm-hmm. you will feel that sense of warm energy that you were encapsulated in. Yes, yes, definitely. Speaking about crystals, how does crystals contribute to our spiritual well-being? Well, because crystals have a fixed oscillatory rate, everything is energy. Everything, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, everything we just know, everything is energy. It changes forms, but it never goes away. The cool mm-hmm. thing with crystals is that they have this fixed oscillation is how they move right and so and the frequency is how fast they move and so they may be at different frequencies but they don't have chaos or entropy like we do and Mm -hmm. so and we have it even if we're very steady and so the crystals work with us great because uh, they're ideal uh, just to calm us down or they have so many different properties and when we kind of get to know those properties of the different things especially working with the chakras if we know even just the color of a crystal and comparing that to the roy g biv of our you know primary chakras then i've found that that's a really really um, you know plus they're really pretty but they will calm our chaos like another cool thing is there's like you know from Cubic crystals to amorphous crystals, which usually they don't, the geologists don't even count the amorphous, but I, we do, you know, like mm. obsidian, which isn't really a crystal. But if you're really needing to be organized, then you would want a cubic internal structure like a pyrite or a fluorite. But if you are like really uptight, then you might want something amorphous with all the ones in between, the six or seven in between. And then, uh, but amorphous, you might need, uh, you know, to grab amber or, you know, to connect with your ancestors because maybe you're really uptight and you just need to let that go or to grab uh, a pearl or, or, you know, something like that that's an amorphous structure. So there's so many beautiful ways to connect, to use crystals. Very interesting. Do you have any advice for someone who is a little skeptical about the spirit realm and multiverse? I do. I think that 
first of all, if their interest, if, if that skepticism comes from a science, real scientific place, I think a mm-hmm. great thing to read are some simple, they don't, unless they weren't complicated, books on uh, quantum physics and quantum mechanics. I right. know a guy, his name is Hakeem Olashay, and he... Uh, is a he taught at Stanford. He went to Stanford. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person and guest. Now he's on some cooking show that's famous. I don't know. I don't watch the cooking shows because <laughs> I can't cook. I need to watch them. And uh, and he uh, is really funny too. But to pick up a, a book like that because what's really cool is metaphysics, which was kind of fringe for lack of a better mm-hmm. word. You know, new age, new thought, whatever you want to call it. I think we need a better word. But let's say metaphysics. That is now combining the, with quantum physics, we are becoming closer and closer and closer in the multiverse and what we believe. So if it's from a science viewpoint, I would say that. And, uh, you know, if it's skepticism from maybe the religious viewpoint, I'm not here to proselytize or to change anyone's mind. But if they want it, if they're like, well, you know, wait, that kind of made sense. Michelle went through that. And and Mm -hmm. a lot of other people can say, you know, um, if it comes from that, then I would just take one little bite at a time. I think meditation is such a great place to start, like you were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier, just to be, to quiet your mind and maybe just... Just ask one question at a time. You know, why am I mm-hmm. skeptical? What is it that's holding me back? Is it fear? Is it conditioned beliefs? And and go from there. Uh, I think that's the quick way to answer that question. And again, to know that, you know, maybe you want to reach out to somebody who's not swaying, trying to sway your opinion. Mm-hmm. I have no skin in the game to try to convince somebody I'm right. <laughs> just, you know, the, but you just might want to talk to somebody that uh, has been there, too. Wonderful. Where can someone go to get more information about you, buy your books, products, and keep up with the latest happenings? The best place is michellewelch.com, and I promise you guys I try to update that as much as possible. But if it's not exactly, you might want to go to the Soltopia uh, mm-hmm. soltopia.guru website. We also have a newsletter you can join, and so do I. Uh, I, we don't send out a lot, uh, you know, but that's a great way. But michellewelch.com is probably the simple way, and just bear with us to, you know, how, being really busy to keep up with everything. But if you want to know about the, the shows and things I do, other than that, that are through Sotopia, it would be through www.sotopia.guru. And that's the easiest way. It's really pretty easy. And as far as the books, they're everywhere. Uh, Amazon, we sell them. Llewellyn, my publisher, sells them. I believe they're not in the store because I'd love to get a picture with my – I go to Target and I spend way too much money, so I'd love to get a picture (laughs) of myself in Barnes & Noble. But they do sell them, but they're online. Places like that, Books A Million, um, carrying both of my books, but they're typically more online uh, than they are, you know, going and picking them up in the store. Wonderful. So what's next for you? Ah, so I have um, one of those conferences coming up that, uh, just next week. It's called the Northwest Tarot Symposium. Uh, we're going to have over, I don't know, 50, 60 speakers, 50 vendors, uh, lots of attendees. We had one in Dallas called Tide. I have another book that is due, uh, and I am working on that. It's how to get in touch with your uh, it's a playbook to get in touch with your uh, abilities without, because they may be completely different than somebody else's, and I, you know people get frustrated because there's not a, it's that formula. So it's it's helping you write your playbook, and then I'm also doing some crystal cards, uh, and then it looks like we're going to have some more Soltopias. So we're pretty busy, and you know enjoying my kids and my grandbaby, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so most importantly, enjoying enjoying my family and friends. Wonderful. As the hour comes to a close, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Oh, wow. I love that. Uh, Mine's going to be – I told you guys I don't cook, right? And the reason (laughs) I don't cook is because I'm a little bit ADHD, I've been told. like Not a little, a lot. And so (laughs) I can't follow a recipe. So my recipe is very short. My recipe is to mind your own energy. And when you mind mind you, you check your energy first – then you and get to know you and you manage that energy 
then it's not about blame. It's about scanning your energy. And then you can reach out and get to know and meet all the other energies and beings that we're connected to and that are around us. So really, short recipe. Start with mind your That's wonderful. That's beautiful. I think you're right because unless you get to know yourself first, you can't attract the people that is going to be in sync with you. So Correct. That's beautiful. Well, Michelle, thank, thank you. you for the beautiful recipe for living and for spending this time <laughs> with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Wednesday morning, October 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time U.S. My guest will be Lauren Walker. Lauren created energy medicine yoga while teaching at Norwich University, the oldest private military college in the country. Her goal was to help students balance and have more ease and calm in their lives. Lauren currently teaches energy medicine yoga across the United States and internationally. She has been featured in Yoga Journal, Mantra Plus, Yoga Digest, and the New York Times. Lauren and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, The Energy to Heal. Find lasting freedom from stress and trauma through energy medicine yoga. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMamasKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a very blessed week. Michelle, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed day. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.